am in a, a, a space right now with my content and my work where I'm getting comfortable or I'll, I'll say I'm getting okay with <laughs> the reality that there will be people that listen to me, that follow me on social media, that um, hear me talk about something and won't like it, that they won't be happy with it, that they'll want me to do something different. I'll, I'll get called a lot of different things <laughs> and getting okay with that and still showing up even with all that, because I know that there are also people that will take that and go, whoa, this, I never thought about that that way. Or, oh my gosh, like, I, I thought that I was the only one that was experiencing this. That was Andrea Renee Johnson, and you're listening to Real Talk Radio with Nicole Antoinette, episode 197. Welcome to Real Talk Radio with Nicole Antoinette. That's me. The podcast that's filled with refreshingly honest conversations about the wonderful mess of being human. After the past three months of digging into one specific theme per month, in April, we're going to go back to a more free-flowing style. Today's guest, Andrea Renee Johnson, joins us to talk about how to heal, grow, get free, and lead so that we can each make our own unique impact in the world. This conversation was recorded in early March, before the full force of the COVID-19 pandemic hit us here in the U.S., so if the tone and topics of this conversation seem a bit removed from current events, that's why. I'm choosing to release it anyway, though, in hopes that maybe you're feeling the same way that I'm feeling, which is craving conversations that dig deep into non-coronavirus-related subjects. Speaking of the deep conversations that always happen here at Real Talk Radio, none of that would be possible without our Patreon community, since this show, as you probably know by now, is 100% listener-funded. That means that we don't have any ads or sponsors, no one's trying to sell you anything to fix yourself or your life, that's not what we're about. Instead, each of these honest conversations is made possible by awesome, irregular people just like you, who have pledged $1 or more per episode over in our Patreon community. You can find us at patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette, and when you join, you'll get a bunch of fun bonuses, and there are unique bonuses for each of the different funding tiers. This show is, and will of course always be free, but if you love it, if it makes you laugh, think, and feel less alone, and if you want these conversations to be able to continue, especially now, I hope that you'll go to patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette to make that possible. Real Talk Radio has been in production for almost five years now. (laughs) Wow. And I'm really grateful to every single person who believes in this mission and who has voted with their dollars to make this happen. Okay, now let's get right into today's episode. Like I said, today you'll get to meet Andrea Renee Johnson. Andrea is a teacher and facilitator supporting people who want to make a difference. She founded Whole Self Liberation to offer resources and spaces to heal, grow, get free, and lead so that we can each make our own unique impact in the world. In this episode, she talks to us about what it looks like to actively and intentionally put our values and vision into practice in our real lives. She encourages us not to alter our message in order to avoid being misunderstood, unfollowed, or called out. And there's a part of this conversation where my only response to her was, oh my God, you just broke my brain. (laughs) I so enjoyed hearing her stories and tips about how to avoid burnout when trying to make a difference, creating content that shifts culture, and how we can show up for the work that's ours to do in the world. I hope that you love this episode as much as I did. 
All of that starts in just a moment. And as always, you'll be able to find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode over in the show notes at realtalkradiopodcast.com. All right, we are good to go. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I know, me too. Tell me how 2020 has been feeling for you so far. How's the year been? Oh, boy. (laughs) It's been kind of all over the place. It it feels like um, my, I decided at the beginning or like right before um, the beginning of the year that my word for the year would be trust um, and specifically like cultivating trust in myself and in all that is supporting me, whether that's God, my ancestors, the universe, the divine, whatever it is, having this this like partnership <laughs> with um, the sacred um, and with and with myself, and I've it's been put to the test <laughs> <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Where like I'm just um, I'm really showing up a lot more with content and I'm in a really creative place, which has, is different from the past few years where I've been very much in like a maintaining what I had created in my business um, kind of space. And that was killing me. Um, <laughs> and I, I realized like I can't, that's not a space I can stay in for a long time. I have to be creating. And I've just been now creating some systems for myself around Okay, there are some things, obvious, like you have a business, you got to maintain some things. And how can I bring in some support? How can I create structure around myself so that I can allow myself to put the majority of my energy into creating content? I'm like <laughs> writing songs. I'm like make YouTube videos and like post on Instagram all the time and write emails and, and all of that. Um, and, writing a book like so there's so many there's a lot of stuff coming through me right now um and I'm like just learning how to be with that and Mm -hmm. trust especially around I think I was so much in the maintaining space because I was trying to make sure I had enough money to take care of the responsibilities that I have and it's different for me being in a creative space where (laughs) it's it's a little less I, I have less control and that's where the ship with the divine comes in <laughs> mm-hmm. because I have to like let it go and and let God let the universe do its work and I'll do mine. So that was <laughs> a, a, a long answer. But I mean, yeah, 2020 has been wild. No, it's a great answer. I mean, I like when we're two minutes in and we're already let's go deep into it, right? That's that's great. (laughs) So you mentioned, you know, moving from this place of maintaining into a place of more creation, which I can certainly relate to as a business owner, but also outside of that, just like in life, right? We know the difference between kind of maintaining versus creation. And with your business specifically, when you said that you were creating systems and structure and bringing in support. Can you give some specific examples of what the transition from a more maintenance space to a more creation space has looked like? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've i just been piece by piece looking at where am I putting my energy and where do I not want to put my energy? <laughs> um, like, what am I currently like navigating right now? And, and really like, what has been so helpful with that is doing brain dumps where 
I just like <laughs> everything I'm holding in my head, I just put down on paper into like little categories of like what the project is or what the like um, who the person is that I'm thinking of or like whatever it's relevant to. And then looking at it. And I think like the first couple of times I did that, I was like, wow, <laughs> like I'm holding so much in my brain right now. And I got to stop because it's it's. I got to relieve the pressure. <laughs> I've got to make some space for me to even be able to attack, to like tackle um, all of this. I, I, I've got to do something else. So even just getting in that practice of like brain dumping <laughs> everything that I'm holding and then piecing it all together and being like, okay, here are the the tasks and things that I need to do or things that somebody else could do <laughs> um, relevant to this project and that project. And then I think like one of those things was I am historically and currently <laughs> horrible at responding to emails. And that's something that like kind of, it feels kind of backwards because I'm not responding, but it takes up so much energy when I'm thinking about, oh yeah, there's that email I need to respond to and I haven't responded. And then I get distracted about something else. And then, like, and then I come back to it and I'm like, oh snap, I haven't responded to that yet. It like, it would take up so much energy. And instead of trying to force myself to, to change, which actually I tried for many years, um, <laughs> I, instead brought in someone who has uh, worked with me and is in some of my programs as a community nurturer who um, like she gets all the emails and, and she um, responds to it. She still brings me, there's some things that like she doesn't necessarily know how to respond to because it's directed at me um, and doesn't, she doesn't know what I like, <laughs> what my response is, but that makes it so much easier for me because she can just ask me, what would I say to this? Or like, what do I have around this? Or is there a yes? Is there a no? I can just, I can just tell her <laughs> and she can send it and I don't have to worry about it. She's got it. Um, so it's things like, like that, that have been where like, I was so in like, okay, there's admin work. I got to um, get this system set up in active campaign. I need to like re reply to this email. This person wants to, um, is asking for a payment plan. Got to respond to that. Like there's like all of those things that would take up small pieces like of energy <laughs> in me and in my brain and like in my heart. Cause I like, I want to respond to everybody that, I can still tend to, but I have somebody else that's like getting the immediate, like, hey, there's something to respond to here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like what you said about um, not fighting against yourself, right? More than is necessary. Yeah. But if it's, okay, I am this way, and not to say that we can't change or our habits can't change, of course they can, but if there is really a fundamental thing of this keeps causing me pain and anxiety, right? And stress. And, you know, I try to change it, I try to change it, that changing it isn't the only way to get from point A to point B. Like you said, you could just bring someone else in to do that work. And I'm always interested, especially around the topic of freedom, of any kind of freedom, of where are you holding yourself back, right? That if you mm -hmm. are willing to just get support and whatever that might look like that 
sometimes the answer is not that you have to change, which I think is an important reminder. Right, right. And, and it's actually like, I mean, having that support has been so helpful. Like I'm quicker to respond to emails now. (laughs) And I've also, I mean, like over, I've I've been working on this for years, um, (laughs) um, really since I started my business, um, in like 2015 and I've gotten a lot better. And I know that like, if I don't respond to something as soon as I see it, I'm probably not going to respond to it. And knowing that about myself has like made it so that, okay, I can get the email and, <laughs> and see it. And if I don't have an immediate response, then I'll, I'll sit on it. And, um, but if I do, which most times I do, then I can just immediately, like, I, there's no need for me to wait. And just like knowing that about myself has made it easier where I'm not, like forcing myself to to change, but I'm just recognizing, okay, this is my pattern. If I wait, <laughs> it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, let me just do it um, yeah. instead of putting it off. Yeah. The last like business sort of <laughs> related question now that we're talking about this that I want to ask, you mentioned that part of the reason that you were in maintenance mode for such a long time was trying to make sure that you had enough money, right, for your <laughs> financial responsibilities, which I think is very relatable. Right. Um, I'm interested. So the pivot to bring someone else on or bring other people on obviously, you know, has a monetary cost associated with it. And I feel like that's a place that a lot of folks get stuck is like, well, I need extra help, but I don't think that I can afford extra help in sort of that cycle go around. So I'm wondering for you, what had to be true in order for you to say, okay, this is the right time for me to do this. Yeah. Well, it was definitely, I definitely having like a bit more resource to be able to, to, to pay folks. And it, for me, most, um, well, that's not true. Some of the people that I have supporting me are also in my programs. And there is um, what what I needed to do is one, recognize like, okay, this would be really supportive. If I had this person doing this, this and this, these are the tasks that would be very helpful. Okay. Who would might be interested in that? that I know, that knows me, that we have a relationship already and inviting those people, telling them like, Hey, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this, where are you at with that? And what would you need in order for that to work? Do you need to get paid? Could you do work study? Do you want to like, what if I I do, uh, I pay you at this rate and as the business grows, I want to pay you more. So we'll, we'll do that. But like, what are you, where are you at? What are you willing to do? And being able to, instead of trying to do the right thing, instead of trying to take care of the other person for them or like assume what they need, bringing it to them and, and asking like, where are you at with this? And, and leaving it open. If anything changes, if you get into this, um, and you agree to one thing and you realize, oh, actually, this isn't what I want. I want something else. Okay, let's talk about it. But having that, that like relating to the person about what they need, what they want. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to like let go of like, oh, I should pay. 
I should, <laughs> I should do this. If I can't pay, then I shouldn't ask. I had to let go of that in order to be able to receive support. And like, and if people had the like need to be paid, okay. And then there was like a question for me, what am I able and willing to do around that? Does that mean that we're not going to be able to work together? If so, okay. But getting out of this, I, I need you to, to help me space. And I'm trying to create, getting instead into like, I'm trying to create something. Do you want to be a part of it? And if so, what do you need in order for this to be sustainable for yeah, you? Which is a great question. I mean, like everything that you're saying, that it's more of a conversation than it is a transaction. I feel like that's a helpful reminder. I mean, it goes on the heels of sort of before that there's more than one way to get from point A to point B that we think, okay, I need support. Support's going to cost this much. If I don't have this much upfront, then I can't get support. Like we turn it into this like binary, right? Like either this or this and nothing in between. And you know what you're saying, I, I really appreciate like personally, and I think others will as well, this reminder of what if you can sort of open up that container a little bit or like allow for all of the possibilities in between, right? Maybe it's someone who wants a place in one of your programs and, you know, they wouldn't have the resources necessarily to pay for that. And so maybe in exchange, there's support offered. There's just like, you just laid out a bunch of different options that I feel like, I don't know, I need that reminder sometimes that, oh, wait, we can just talk to people about here's what our needs are, what are your needs? And there's pretty much always going to be someone who can meet us where we're at and that where we're at is the perfect fit for them. And I think it's really easy to forget that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it definitely took me a lot of work to be able to get to that place of (laughs) like being able to have that, that conversation and not feel bad about not being able to pay someone or like whatever it is, but this is just what is. And it doesn't necessarily need to mean anything about me or mean anything about them. It's not about whether I value them or not. (laughs) Like that's not even a part of the equation. It's just, this is where I'm at. Where are you at? Mm -hmm. Well, and that there can be different ways, you know, of valuing each other and just this like sort of underlying thing that you're bringing up about being able to be in conversation about our needs. And, you know, if once you realize, okay, I'm not necessarily asking for someone for a favor, I'm not trying to manipulate someone into doing something for me, right? Like the energy around it really does feel good. These are the needs. Then it sort of opens up the way to be able to find the person for whom that actually feels like an awesome fit, or they want to learn what you're teaching, or like you said, a work study type thing that there's, there's just lots of different ways to make something work. Right. I love that. Um, So I want to pivot a little bit and ask you about your podcast, A Call to Serve. That (laughs) is such a good show title, by the way. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about what your personal calling to serve looks like? Ooh. (laughs) Wow. Love that question. Um, Wow. Okay. So... (laughs) This really goes back. Um, like I've always, since I was a child, I've like always felt this urge to help, to support, to like be of use, to serve, and um, to contribute. And like obviously, that's stuck with me. <laughs> and I think there i've i've gone down a lot of different paths trying to do that i've done a lot of different things you know i like in high school i was 
I was like trying to, there was this, um, well, I haven't talked about this before. <laughs> there was this show um, on MTV that was that was called If You Really Knew Me or something like that, where they went into, uh, it was like this organization that went into high schools and would do this uh, activity where they would say, if you really knew me, you'd know X. And they would have like people like raise their hands or like walk across the room if that was true for them or whatever. And it was this way to like connect to get people to see and understand and have empathy for the other people in their school. And I saw that and I was like, I want to bring that to my school. Like, let's let's do that. Because <laughs> even though I mean, my high school was actually one of the um, I didn't have a traditional like American high school experience in that like my school is pretty diverse and nerdy and <laughs> um, like a lot of people were friends with a lot of people. And there was definitely like issues around gender and race and, and everything, but there was like more of a, a community feel and there wasn't so much uh, like clicky thing. But even then there was issues and I was like, okay, there's issues. People are like at that time, one of the things that was really popular are these like anonymous, like this, these anonymous websites where like somebody would have a profile and you could go to their profile and ask them an anonymous question or send them an anonymous message. And those were like super popular <laughs> um, at like my time during high school. And it got really like abusive for a few people at my school, at least where, because there was that that barrier of like, oh, you won't know where this came from. Like people were like sending others a lot of really intense stuff. So I saw that and I was like, okay, maybe we should do this if you really, if you really knew me thing. It didn't happen, <laughs> but I did go, I like went into uh, the vice assistant principal's office and, and like brought it to them. And I was like, I feel like we should really do this. And <laughs> Um, I just like things like that. I, I created a documentary in high school where I was like highlighting the experiences and the like the dreams of the people in my my senior class. And I worked with like uh, seniors with Alzheimer's and I like <laughs> and then after high school, like I was doing photography, but my my lens with photography was really wanting people to see themselves accurately and see like the beauty in themselves and, and, and see how important and necessary they are. So I've, I've done a lot of different things. I've like gotten into a lot of different um, like activist or like causes spaces where um, like doing like advocacy work around like sexual exploitation and, and um, human trafficking or, racism, white supremacy, like there it's, it's been kind of all over the place. I just really wanted to like do as much as I can to leave this world better than I found it. And a lot of stuff has come with that <laughs> where like I got into like some traps of forgetting about myself in service, which is something a lot of us do where we're like, Oh, I want to help. I want to serve. I want to be of use. And we don't, take care of ourselves in that process because the other person is more important and that's a dangerous place to be. And it's also, I mean, like where I'm at now, I'm always sitting with the question and, and 
reality of like, like, what's my vision? What am I wanting to create in the world? What am I wanting to share with others and um, have conversations about create experiences around what's my message? And that's like where I'm at is I used to think like when I was younger, I, I had it in my mind. My purpose is to help others. I have changed that since then <laughs> um, because I didn't include me. Because if if I wasn't helping others, then that meant that I wasn't in my purpose. And that was a dangerous place to be in. <laughs> and instead, now I have like my purpose is to express myself, period. And oftentimes that looks like supporting others, um, serving others. But sometimes it looks like sitting on my couch and watching a few episodes of Grey's Anatomy and <laughs> enjoying myself <laughs> um, and like laughing and crying and as as Shonda Rhimes makes us do. So, and that can still be purposeful for me in my life. So like in terms of service and my, and my like what I'm called to serve, I want humans to experience the best life possible for themselves and I want our earth to, to be well, though she'll take care of herself. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I'm really, um, one of the things that I've been rooting more in is like recognizing ultimately it's about honoring God as in like the universe, the, all the like infinite divine, um, in myself and in others. And that, that's what I'm, when I am like thinking about what am I called to serve? That's, that's it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I also really appreciate you sharing some of the backstory because the evolution of this kind of stuff, I feel like is really interesting. It's not just like, I woke up one day and this is my life purpose and that's just my purpose forever. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess maybe that happens right. for, for certain folks, but <laughs> particularly what you said about, you know, sort of changing the way that you conceptualized your purpose because you realized that you were leaving yourself out. I feel like that is such like, that must've been a real pivotal realization for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be like this, you know, this has to serve me also that in the end, you know, if you are completely exhausted and left out of it, that that's not going to be a sustainable way to <laughs> live. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can you um, give kind of a brief description of what, you do like work-wise with your business right now? Yeah. So I primarily like create content and uh, like facilitate programs um, that support people who want change in the world or, or want to contribute, want to be purposeful with their life. And, and especially like, I know there's a lot of people that are afraid of perpetuating or, or harming other people, perpetuating oppression or like different forms of like, like racism and sexism and transphobia, like worried about hurting others. And like my work is for, for y'all too. Um, and creating some offerings that support people in showing up with who they are, owning the power that they have, which like flies in the face of this idea that especially in the face of 
everything that's going on in the world that you're powerless, you're not. You have power. And what what is your power? And looking at what power do you have and how are you using that? And so having that that conversation and, and getting into that practice and exploration. And then also, what does it look like for you to serve? What does it look like for you to bring your contribution to the people around you, to your communities, um, and doing that in a way that's in integrity, that's taking care of you, that's in alignment with your vision and your values, and that's really impactful. So I have uh, right now a program, Liberatory Leadership, that gets into that, and it really just makes a lot of space for you to work through, like, the, your answers to those questions. <laughs> what, like, who are you and, and what are you bringing to the world and what power do you have and how are you using it? And then I also have um, some things that are specifically for people that have, that want a business or that own a business um, and want to use their business or their organization, if it's a nonprofit, to shift culture, to create something different in the world, to like, like, really root in like everything in your business is an opportunity to create something different, to create a different culture. And like, how are you doing that? Um, so I have a, a course that's supporting people with that. That's called rise up. Mm, yeah. I can put links to all of these things, obviously, um, in the show notes, I want to go back to that question that you posed, what power do you have and how are you using it? Um, and obviously, you know, I feel like this could be a multi-hour conversation, right? Like, I'm sure this is a large yeah. part, like you said, of liberatory leadership. But I'm interested in this question and any sort of starting point that you would love to offer for folks who are interested in that same question. Yeah. So a starting point. I when I when I say power, how I'm defining that is rooted in the etymological definition where the the root word is podir, I believe. I may not be saying it right, um, but um, it means to be able, to be capable. And I, I take that and I say to be, to, to, to be able to create, to be able to do, to be able to say or to act. And all of us have that ability in, in some form, shape. And so we all have power because we all have the ability to do something, whatever it is that, that we um, have available to us. We each have, like, there are folks with disabilities, there are folks with different capacities um, and, and that aren't able to do certain things. And yet you are still able to do some things. And so you have power. So like, that's where I, I always start <laughs> with thinking about that, because often when we think about power, we think about being in a position, being in a certain position of authority, whether that's being a parent or being a teacher or being a politician or being a manager or owning a business or like whatever it is. Um, leading a podcast. <laughs> yes, there is certain responsibility and certain influence that comes with that. And you still have power. Even if you're the employee and they're the manager, you have power still. So I think 
that like sitting with that is a great starting place where like how often are you dismissing the power you have because you think that another person or it seems that another person has more power than you and how often are you like self-aggrandizing yourself and think that you have more power <laughs> than you actually have in the sense of the the when i think about like the fear of harming another person that often comes with this like i'm it's like the the root is i'm inherently harmful or i am like anything that i do could hurt someone and i'm responsible for it you're responsible to it you're not responsible for it their their response to your um to whatever you do is theirs you can respond to it absolutely and you can show up with integrity in that response but their feelings their heart their their like hurt their pain their anger that's theirs that's in them it's not in you you don't feel it unless <laughs> you choose to judge or like shame yourself or judge yourself so i think it's just like parsing out what do you believe about power what do you believe power means about you or about another person do you believe that you have access to power do you completely disagree with me <laughs> mm -hmm. like but getting into that conversation like where are you at with it um like let's unpack this and not just take it for what we've learned it to be through especially like i think we learn so much about power as children because we are as children we're constantly being overpowered we're constantly being dominated or coerced or manipulated or like being treated. Like when we think about like, <laughs> I think about like somebody getting upset because they're like, you're treating me like a child. What does that mean? What does it mean that we, we are upset about how we're being treated and associating that with the child that we're like we're treating children in such a way that we wouldn't want to be treated as adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> so as children learn so much <laughs> about power and we take that with us into adulthood. Let's unpack that. Can you give a couple of specific, maybe small examples of how you feel like you are using your power? Mm. So super relevant and um, <laughs> present right now. I mean, me having this conversation with you, mm -hmm. even if like this wasn't published, it's still, I'm using my power. I'm speaking, I'm sharing, I'm bringing what I, what I know and what I've experienced to just you, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know this will be published. So like to also to all of, your listeners, that's, that's powerful. Um, because even just in, in myself, I'm expressing me and like, just that alone is, is powerful, whether it's received or not. And then there's the other level of like, there will be some people that receive this and that take this and question some things or feel seen or affirmed by some things and that's powerful 
And there might be a story that I tell that like really resonates with somebody and makes them feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone in that. That's really powerful. And so like, that's one thing I think of. Also, I am in a, a, a space right now with my content and my work where I'm getting comfortable or I'll, I'll say I'm getting okay with <laughs> the reality that there will be people that listen to me, that follow me on social media, that um, hear me talk about something and won't like it. Mm-hmm that they won't be happy with it, that they'll want me to do something different. I'll, I'll get called a lot of different things. <laughs> and getting okay with that and still showing up, even with all that, because I know that there are also people that will take that and go, whoa, this, I never thought about that that way. Or, oh my gosh, like, I, I thought that I was the only one mm-hmm. that was experiencing this. I still show up. And that's one of the ways, like, I'm using my power on one level. I I regard the, the responses that are like, you're doing this wrong, you're hurting people, whatever it is. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for letting me know. I just created an Instagram story saying this. Like, thank you for sharing your no with me. There are so many people that won't do that because they're afraid of being racist or they're afraid of being in conflict with someone or whatever. So, like, thank you for bringing that to me. And I know what I'm up to and I'm still going to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this reminds me of... yeah something else that you recently posted on Instagram, encouraging people not to alter their message in order to avoid being misunderstood, unfollowed or called out. And I feel like that's incredibly relevant to what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all, all of my posts come out of like, you teach what you need to learn. Oh my gosh. Like, right. I, yeah, like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like I, there's, I hear that from so many people, even people that don't have platform, like that aren't, that don't have a business or like aren't trying to share a message, but even like in just conversation where like there's so many times where we might hold back what we want to say because we're worried that the other person will misunderstand us or we don't share our, our excitement or our joy in the face of, knowing that there's like so much turmoil in the world because we feel like that's going to invalidate the turmoil or like what whatever it is i struggle <laughs> with just like seeing that so often and 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 hearing that though i like i'll receive it and like if you want to share about that more share about it but because like what you feel what what you have going on with you, what you want to say, what you want to communicate, it's important whether or not it makes other people feel a certain way. It's still important. And there's a lot of work available to us, <laughs> especially, I think, well, a- across the world, but I think especially in like the US and Canada and Europe and Australia and, and like these quote unquote Western country or countries and um, and continents that like where we have to completely dismiss what we feel and what we want to say in order to regard what another person wants or needs or uh, feels. 
And that doesn't have to happen. Like you can still hold what you have with high regard, with love, with compassion, and do the same for another person. It's a skill for sure. <laughs> and it's, um, and it takes practice, but like, that's like in, in terms of when I think, when I'm thinking about my power, um, that's one of the things that I've had to learn to do for myself in order for me to continue showing up with my, my message, what I have, what I want to express. And it's also something that because of what I do that I want to model that I want to just like show and point to and say, Hey, this is possible. Like just because somebody's trying to call you out on something doesn't mean you need to bow down at their feet and apologize profusely. Um, <laughs> if that's not what you feel, if that's not actually what you have going on for you. I mean, it's also good. I feel like, you know, you're, your point about how this is something, you know, this like fear of being misunderstood or, you know, called out or unfollowed, you know, can exist in a much broader context than just if you have an online platform, right? If you have an online business, like you said, this is can just be in like day to day conversations. And so in that regard, I feel like it's relatively universal, right? Like this is something that I feel like pretty much everyone has experienced at some point. And I think that everything that you just shared is real encouragement for that. And I'm wondering just kind of like, Uh, to put like an even finer point on, you know, this maybe before we move on, you know, if someone listening is feeling really stuck in fear around that, do you feel like maybe looking back for you, was there like an entrance point to, you know, Hey, I'm feeling really afraid of being misunderstood or you having, you know, all the things that you just mentioned, you know, uh, okay, then what, right. Do you feel like there, there was a a very like baby first step for you. Cause I, I feel like sometimes with this type of thing, it can almost, and maybe I'm completely projecting my own stuff, which of course is, is possible that it can feel like everything that you just said can feel logical, right? Like, of course that makes sense. Right. And then the fear is still there. And then the paralysis is still there and the inaction is still there. So I'm wondering if you have something to offer folks that kind of bridges that gap. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And like, yeah, so it can feel really theoretical <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, and like and and I've also gotten that response with like one of my more recent posts where like people are like, that's nice, but like I'm still scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and like I don't feel like there's a way out of this. Don't avoid the fear. Don't avoid your feelings. Don't try and force your way out of those feelings. Don't try and like and convince your way out of those feelings or like give yourself some logic to get yourself out of those feelings. Feel the feelings. Feel it. Feel the fear. The fear is trying to tell you something. There's there's information in that for you if you let yourself feel it for real instead of fighting it. Oftentimes with our feelings, because we're taught to do this, we we fight it. Even if we feel like we're feeling it, <laughs> um, we're like, I am, I am feeling the fear. You're not. You're trying to get out of it because it's uncomfortable. Let yourself be scared and and get okay with being scared. It's okay to have that fear. It's okay to um, be upset, to get angry, whatever it is that you're feeling. That's okay and valid and real and like please give yourself some space to actually be in that 
And then also, like, once you've been in it, asking yourself, okay, I'm scared. What now? What what do I want to do now? And sometimes that that answer, if if you're giving yourself space to just be where you are, sometimes that answer will be, I'm just gonna stay in this fear mm-hmm. for right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that answer might be, I'm I'm gonna go self soothe. I'm gonna go like get some ice cream. <laughs> Or I'm going to go like turn on a, a television show or I'm going to go get on social media and scroll a little bit, like whatever soothing to you. And maybe that's that's what you do. And then after you do that, what now? <laughs> what what do you want to do now? And maybe like there's, there's, there's just an opportunity there for you to change your relationship with your feelings instead of, oh, I'm feeling this, this is bad, this is wrong. I need to get out of this. Oh, I'm feeling this. Okay, what's here for me? What can I learn here? What information is in this fear for me? For me, for myself, I know that when it comes to, like, just on the topic of accidentally, like, doing something wrong or, like, um, doing something that other people don't like, the fear is an important signal to me that there's growth (laughs) possible. (laughs) It's an important signal to me that there's some care and tending that might be necessary for me where like when I say I'm still going to show up, that doesn't mean I don't like give a fuck (laughs) about like what, how other people respond to me. Absolutely not. But it means, okay, I'm scared that other people will misunderstand me. What do I want to do to take care of myself if that happens? Mm, Yeah, that's such a good question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of avoiding being misunderstood, I'm going to be a misunderstood. There's no doubt about it. Um, (laughs) Like, And I've had to just come to grips with that reality. Okay, so I'm going to be misunderstood. What do I want to do when that happens? How do I want to take care of myself? What support do I want to put in place for me, whether that's relational support, (laughs) like just knowing that I have somebody that I can like text and be like, this just happened. Can we talk about it? (laughs) Or, or whether it's like, like knowing which music I can go to, to listen to, to like sing along with and just be in that space to, to like get some feeling feelings out or whatever it is setting up some systems for myself. Cause it's going to happen. And it's like, I say that also with the fear of harming people, you're going to hurt people. People are going to feel hurt by you. (laughs) That's going to happen. There's, there's no way around that. There are ways that you can minimize how much harm you do. There are things that you can bring attention to and um, like bring a lot of like care and regard to, to try to, to, to minimize the harm you do. But like, if you're showing up with who you are, somebody's not going to like it. Somebody's going to feel hurt. Somebody's going to feel triggered. Okay, who do you want to be in the face of that? How do you want to show up when harm happens? And instead of like, yeah, so essentially, <laughs> don't avoid it. Yeah. Address it. I feel like you just like broke my brain a little bit, to be honest with you. <laughs> that <laughs> this, isn't it so wild how, 
you hear something like put simply in a way that you've never heard it before. And like just that can be enough to unlock things for you. It's one of my favorite things about the power of story sharing, right? Or these types of conversations. It's sometimes it just takes someone saying one thing differently than how you've heard it before. And specifically what I'm speaking to is your, what you just said about, um, treating it as like a when, not an if, right? This like fear of if I say the wrong thing, if I am misunderstood, if, you know, and then we exert so much energy trying to do the like people pleasing Olympics, right? Well, if I'm so careful and if I do all of these things, then, you know, there's a chance that I'm going to essentially get out of this unscathed, right? Whatever this is. And the freedom in what you just said that, like, what if that's not even an option? Like, what if you are, if we accept as true that we are going to be misunderstood, right? Or that eventually it is going to harm someone or that, and like you said, that doesn't mean be negligent, right? And just like rampantly right. do all these things that, you know, are malicious. Of course, that's not the point. But like, what changes if we accept as fact that we're going to be misunderstood, that we're going to be not liked by some people that, how does that change? Like you said, okay, how can I care for myself when that happens? It's, it feels to me like a permission slip to stop wasting so much energy trying to make sure that it doesn't happen to begin with. And that just completely broke my brain. So thanks (laughs) for that. that. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah. And that's a part of like owning your power, like recognize like you are a powerful person and some things that you do might have an effect that you don't intend or that like you weren't hoping for or, or whatever, but you're, instead of putting all your energy (laughs) into avoiding it, which is, that's a trap. And (laughs) it's like, it, it, um, there's a a word for it that I can't come up with right now, but, um, it's kind of like, like, that's, that's nice, but it's when it happens, you're going to be unprepared. So how about you put that energy into preparing yourself for when it does? Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that you broke your brain. No, it did. I mean, and it's like, so what's the alternative, right? If we never want to say or do the wrong thing, then we don't ever do anything, which I guess in a certain context keeps us safe, but it really doesn't because then it's just this, not to be overly dramatic, but slow death of like not ever doing your work in the world or not ever saying the thing, Absolutely. like that pain, it like the, the truth comes out somewhere, right? And so like that yeah. pain winds up then being something that is harming you probably more than had you built the resilience to be able to be, you know, to handle being, you know, <laughs> misunderstood. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I want to dig a little bit into, um, you mentioned your liberatory leadership program. Um, in the, 12 core models of the program, I know that one of the things that's covered is what you call, quote, showing up for the work that's yours to do in the world, unquote. Um, and I think that's that's a really lovely phrasing, this idea of showing up to the work that's yours to do. Can you tell me more about that? Like maybe particularly about figuring out what that work might be for someone who feels lost or stuck? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of pieces like that's, I mean, (laughs) your work in the world is like such a, a, a big, (laughs) um, vast and like a thing to, to address. And it's all your decision. Like you get to decide what your work is, but I think just because it's like, it can be so big and we're talking about like over the course of your life, like, and even though like life, goes by quickly. (laughs) It also goes by very slowly. And we both have time and we don't. So 
my recommendation is to take it like piece by piece and just start where you are, where like for myself, I, um, just on a, like where I'm at right now, I recognize like some of my like social identities. I'll start there. I'm black. I am queer. I grew up, uh, like middle to like maybe slightly upper class, um, depending on its relative. I have like passport privilege in that, like I have a United States passport and that does not set off any red flags as I'm traveling across the world. I speak English and that's my first language. I identify well, I'm I'm read often as cisgender, meaning that I associate myself, um, that I identify with the gender I was assigned at birth. All of these things and so much more. Like that's just one. Like those are just like s- small pieces of me that inform who I am, um, and inform how the world interacts with me. But just in that, there's so much work there that for me, where I get to use. All of that, if I choose, to um, create the life that I want for myself and the world that I want myself and others to experience. I get to use the the gifts that and, and blessings that I received both from the the marginalized identities that I have and the the privileged identities that I have. I get to use that however I want. (laughs) Um, And that's a part of my work is deciding how do I want to use that? How, how do I want to uh, address that Um, and bringing some consciousness to it and some intention to it. And then there's just stuff when you're looking at like, what, what are your values? How do you want people to feel when they interact with you what do you have to contribute to those around you to your communities or in your job or in your your business your organization what are you contributing what are some of your your gifts that you have and that is something like I'm probably going to like zero in on that one really because that's something that so many of us veer away from like I'm I'm sure some people listening were like my gifts what do you mean (laughs) Um, (laughs) but what gifts and talents and skills do you have and really unpacking what's what's there for you what do um what do you find yourself really good at what comes really easy to you often what do people often come to you for what do people often tell you? Oh my gosh, you're so good at this, or, uh, or like asking for your support around certain things. What do you like love doing? What are you able to do? What skills do you have around whatever it is, whatever you're you're working on, whatever profession you're in, whatever positions you're in in your like family, if you're a parent, if you're um, a daughter or like whatever, like wherever you're at in this world, um, you have gifts, number one. Um, you have skills, you have talents. And what are those? And if it's hard to come up with what those are, um, go on 
a mission <laughs> to to find them because you have them and you're using them all the time. But we often disregard, especially the things that it feels like, oh, that's just so easy for me. Or like everybody thinks that way. Everybody does it like this. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. I, it's and, really um, easy to undervalue things that you feel like you didn't have to work for, right? We have this story that's like, yeah. it has to be really hard work in order for it to equate to success or that kind of thing. And so it's really easy to say, oh, like this isn't work or this wasn't that hard for me. And to forget that that's not, the criteria for something being like useful or being a gift is not whether or not you had to struggle to get there. Right, right. <sighs> yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't have to earn your <laughs> your your way in the world though we have systems that do make that so in a lot of ways so looking at like what are your gifts and 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 searching for them if you aren't able to name them asking other people like what people that you trust people that like have your <laughs> your like best interests that love you and know you like asking them like what do you see in me or like what do you really appreciate about me and receiving that, even if it's uncomfortable, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but just like even just like taking note of it, writing it down, gathering all of that information in one place, even if you're like, I don't really believe that. I don't really <laughs> I don't think that's real. Just having it in one place where you can come back to it, because like so much of that is your power. So much of that is like where you have so much available to you to use in order to to get what you want to create what you want in the world to contribute and and being able to name all of that like i know i've been like studying facilitation um getting really into that since i was about 14 15 so it's been about 10 years i'm a really really good facilitator <laughs> I'm a really good facilitator. And that's just one of my gifts slash skills that I have. And I've definitely cultivated that like kind of like a natural like inclination towards it over the years. But being able to own that, being able to say like, yes, that is something that I am good at, not perfect. <laughs> Because there's no such thing, but something that I have a lot of skill in and that I'm gifted in, I get to say, okay, that's that's one of my my tools in my toolbox that I can use for whatever I'm doing in the world. And if I deny that, if I say, oh no, like I'm not really that great at it, I'm not really, then I won't look to that as a resource. And I miss, I miss out on something that's already within me that I already have access to, but because I'm denying it, because I'm acting as if, mm, no, I, I could be better. I don't get to use it to the full extent that I could. Yeah. So when I think about like your work in the world, it's things like that. Like who, like what do you already have in you? There's so much, there's so much. And how do you want to use it? What are you denying in yourself? Um, or judging yourself, that's actually something that's that could change lives. Like, for example, what what do you have? And and really making space for yourself around, okay, what do I want to do with this? Yeah, I think there's like a really 
nice thread between what you're saying now and what we were talking about earlier in the conversation about, um, bringing on support in your business of, okay, you know, it could look like this, you know, it's essentially that it's not just transactional and being able to say, you know, okay, I need support. Here's what I'm willing to offer. Here's, you know, what I need, et cetera. And like finding the right fit for that, essentially not waiting until, okay, I have to have this boatload of money in order to have support, right. And not holding yourself back mm-hmm. in that way. I feel like something that you're saying right now resonates similarly with me that it's not like you have to wait until you're the world's best facilitator, right. Using that as an example in order to facilitate right. anything. And you know, that doesn't mean that building additional skills isn't great and that we don't all have, you know, room for growth and improvement in pretty much every area at any given time. Like that can all be true. And we don't have to wait, right? Wherever skill level you are at, there is someone that could learn from you or there's, I just, I don't know. I think there's something really human in what you're saying of not putting off getting our needs met or sharing our message until we've reached some like fantasy point of perfection, which as you said, doesn't exist. Right. Yes. I love that. I love that you made that connection. And, um, that made a connection for me (laughs) where I, there's also like in, in terms of like bringing in support into my work, I've also had to realize like, while. I'm very good at facilitating and it it brings so much value to the spaces that I create when I facilitate. That is only one piece of my work in the world. And what I've been really sitting with for real (laughs) is, okay, I recognize like facilitating, though I'm very good at it, it takes a lot of energy out of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it, It requires so much from me that when I am in, and this was part of like the maintaining, creating kind of back and forth that I've had to be in, um, where if I'm always facilitating, I have no space, no, no energy to give to creating. And I've had to like come to terms with that and have some like grief around that as well, because, I'm definitely shifting towards just creating and teaching. And even though I have this gift and this skill, (laughs) not using it as much as I thought I would be, you know, two years ago, one year ago, um, (laughs) where like I thought like this is what I'm going to be doing, you know, for the rest of my life. And absolutely like the, the, the focus of my, my work, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> let go of, but the tools that I use, the gifts that I use will change. The skills that I use will will change and, and how I go about it, my approach will change. And also uh, just getting into that where like, just because I have this gift and this skill doesn't mean I need to use it in this way. It doesn't mean I need to obligate myself. Oh, I have this so I should. Yeah, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should or that you need to. And also that right. like things can come back around, right? You never know. It's it's not like the skills that you have, if you're not using them in one very specific way, it's not like they get taken from you, right? Like that exactly. it's it's like these two this toolbox is something we can always go back to or pull out in different ways. And yeah, I, I appreciate that reminder too, just because I think that it can um, be really common if someone is really good at something or if they've, you know, built a lot of their work or their lives around something to kind of reach a point of completion or to get a little burned out or to want a change, right? And it's like, you don't have to force yourself to continue to do it, to do something that maybe for any number of reasons doesn't feel like the right fit just because you're good at it or just because you become known for it. Right. 
Yeah. Right. And that's a part of your work in the world too, is like doing the things that nourish you. (laughs) And if it, if it doesn't line up with what you thought it would be, or if it doesn't line up with what you like other people think it should be or whatever, like there's work there, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that this thing that we're talking about right now about like allowing change to happen, I feel like is, and modeling that is definitely part of my work in the world for sure. People who have been in my corner of the internet for you know, quite a long time, you know, will remember all the different iterations of this work that I have gone through. And, you know, being able to say, hey, this no longer serves me, or hey, this feels like it's reached a point of completion. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move on or to make some kind of a pivot. There, There's something in that that I finally have accepted. Just the act of doing that is part of my work. And I feel like I resisted that for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I know. I remember when I first discovered that like online (laughs) business and like online, like there was like stuff happening online where people were sharing stuff, (laughs) Um, sharing like messages and or like content or or whatever. Um, I remember coming across you and maybe this might have been like 2014, 15. Okay, a lot Um, has changed since then. That's hilarious. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, I like yeah, and I don't I don't remember a, a lot, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've I can see how you've shifted a lot, and me too. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I love that others get to see that. That's a, it's it's a part of being human. Yeah, you're gonna change. You're gonna grow. You're gonna do things differently. You're gonna completely change your mind <laughs> about like who you are. Well, <laughs> like, I mean. It, that goes back to what you were saying before about the, you know, not letting the fear of being misunderstood, you know, hold you back to that degree, because I think a similar fear and a similar paralysis is, okay, well, if I commit to this thing publicly, whatever that thing is, then like, this is who I'm going to be forever, right? Or I'm going to do this forever. And there can be rightfully so a lot of fear in that, because I think it's really rare that someone finds a thing. And then that specific thing is their thing forever. You know, as you said, we grow, we change. And so having that baked for me, I feel like at this point, it's like baked into the business model. Like I'm not going to be doing this forever. You know, I'll be doing some version of, you know, the heart of it remains sort of the same, but I think, you know, that, um, being able to create impactful content and do impactful work and also to allow the containers of that work to change. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know that by the time that this um, goes live, this you know will have already happened, but I wanted to ask about the upcoming um, free class that you're teaching next week around creating content that shifts culture. I feel like that is mm-hmm. so relevant. And I want to ask if there is one thing in particular that you'll be teaching in that class that you're excited about that you could share. Oh my goodness. I, lo- <laughs> I love these questions. Um what would I like to share? Oh, so one of the things that is uh, really important to me in all of the work at like, and and you've probably heard it in like what I've already shared is this piece about like relating to the people that you have in your community. I think often the, the hang up that a lot of content creators, whether they're business owners or like whatever it is, um, or they're doing that work for an organization or whatever, it can be so easy for myself, um, to be, to get caught up in where I'm at and how I understand things and the, the like jargon or the ideas that like I've already gotten really comfortable with. Um, (laughs) and, often the people that I'm trying to reach are 
like nowhere near where I've gotten to, <laughs> um, and not like a hierarchical thing or, or whatever, but I just understand things very differently than, than they might. And a lot, I think a lot of people that are trying to share a message that's maybe countercultural, that's different from the like dominant narrative, the narrative that often is, is heard the most often. Uh, we, try to share our message from our point of view instead of being in relationship with the people that we're wanting to, to reach and sharing the message from and well, meeting them where they are meeting them in their experience and making it relevant to where they are right now. Um, and like, that's a piece of, for like in my own content creation practice um and something that like i've i've seen so many people struggle with is like okay you have a different point of view you have a different perspective there's there's work there of if you want other people to <laughs> to like be able to understand or be able to like come with you in like your vision you got to speak to them where they are you got to speak to like their experiences and and what they're feeling and what they're struggling with and get really into that instead of like I, I think about it like <laughs> if you're going on a trek up a mountain and and the leader the person that's leading you on that trek is already up there <laughs> they've already reached the top and they're just kind of shouting down like you got to go this way <laughs> you got to go like oh be careful about like, there's a little thing right there <laughs> um, where that's you, you're only going to be able to do so much when you're on the mountaintop and like your people are at the base mm-hmm. and, and they want to get up. Like, they're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds like really cool. Like, like I would really love to see what's up there, but I'm trying to like, travel through this terrain right here and I don't I don't know how to do that and you have all the skills and you're up there or you have like some of the the the, the way you have some of the some some answers here or, or some some different ways to see this or whatever it is and like I, I can barely hear you up there <laughs> like I, I think about it that way and so like one of the the pieces that I'm speaking to in that in that class is like how to speak to the experience of your people rather than like just sharing your message because your message may not be like, you might see the relevancy. (laughs) You might see how it connects. You might see that it's an answer to their struggles or or whatever, but they may not. And you're just going to leave them there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that like mountain climbing analogy is so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and this, uh, this idea of like meeting people where they are, um, like hits on something else that I was curious about, about your work. Sort of, I'm interested in the role of like interpersonal relationships and social change, right? And sort of maybe like what you think it might look like to, 
change the way that we relate to each other in, right? Like to like further a more just world. And I feel like what you just said is maybe one example of that, but is there anything else uh, sort of on that topic that you want to share? Love this question. (laughs) Love every question. (laughs) Um, I am like an, an advocate. It, it might go towards like being an evangelist for, (laughs) um, building out and cultivating shifting our relationship to difference. And I have learned so much about this through uh, Dr. Jen McCabe, um, who's one of my friends, mentor, teacher, people (laughs) in my life. And she has a a company called Lead, Gather, Relate. And relating, like how we relate to difference often and when I say difference, it's like, it can be like, there's a, a major conflict or it could be somebody asks you what you want to eat <laughs> and, and you go into like all kinds of like feelings and like worry. Cause you like want to try and figure out the, the right place to go to that you'll like, and they'll like, and like, and you can like barely come out with an answer, (laughs) um, instead of just coming with like, Oh, I want to go here and dealing with maybe they will have somewhere else that they want to go. And then, and then what it could be like what we've talked about with, like, you have a message that you want to share you're and you're sharing it and somebody hears it and misunderstands you or feels hurt by what you said. It, there's there's so much difference in the world. It could even just be like if you're in a group setting and <laughs> somebody's like talking about something and and you have something else that you want to do, something else that you want to talk about, and and bringing that in. But often when we're faced with difference, what we do is we avoid it. Uh, we'll sweep it under the rug, or we'll dismiss what we want or we'll dismiss what the other person has if it's like in an argument especially or we'll try and manipulate others or manipulate ourselves which is like to say like if you like when we say like if you really loved me you would do this (laughs) Um, or like if you were really about what you say you're about you would do this and that's more like coercive but there's so many things where like we, in the face of there's a difference here that like we have deemed threatening or bad or upsetting or it means something about us or it means something about them. We do all of these different things to avoid it instead of just being with it. So there's so much difference right now in our world. There's <laughs> So much. And you, you see how people engage with it and that gets us where we are today, um, where there are major differences. Let's just talk about the U.S. There are major differences in terms of uh, politics and how people believe that this country should be governed and what certain politicians should do and and who's right and who's wrong and all of that. And in the face of that, on like all ends of the spectrum, whether you're on the left or you're on the right, we get into a space of defensiveness. We get into a space of wanting to make the other person wrong, wanting to change the other person, wanting to get them to see how wrong they are and get them to see 
that like they need to 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 change their perspective to get them to see how harmful they're they're being and all of it does not include relating <laughs> none of it has like cuz there's there's no space there's no decision to understand actually understand what people have um what people are are thinking or saying or doing there's there's no like check to 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 see if like your assumptions about them are right <laughs> or wrong or like if your accusations are true it th- there's none of that but there's like a, I'm going to make you wrong or I'm going to make myself wrong but one of us has to be wrong <laughs> and um it, it is so not going to get us to a place of having a sustainable way of being on the planet and so I have forgotten what your question was, <laughs> um, but um, I think like that piece about relating to difference. Oh, I remember it now. <laughs> um, how we relate to difference, shifting that I think is is huge um, in terms of what's going on today, right now in our world. I, I think that difference and how we engage with it is at the center of so many of the conflicts between all of our countries, so many of the conflicts between people within our countries. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. like it and 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 it's not bad. Difference is not bad. Um, difference is 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 not a threat unless you make it a threat or or somebody else makes it a threat. But difference just is. We are all, each of us are are different. <laughs> we're none of us are the same for real. I mean, we have a lot of similarities, and we try to, in order to like create safety or create comfort or feel like we're like in unity with one another, we try to just like cling on to those similarities. We're all human. We all have blood running through our veins and we all have a heart and we do that at the cost of the difference that's present. Yeah. And, and in that we don't get to fully experience the other person. We don't get to fully experience ourselves and each other because we're only taking the pieces of them that make us comfortable. So, so that is like one of the things that I'm really like pinpointed on in all of like my work in any of the spaces that I hold where I'm actively working to create a different culture around difference where difference is okay. And we get to build up some capacity around being with the discomfort of, Oh, this person is different from me. They believe or think or, or say, or um, act differently than me. And what now, what do I want to do? in that, in that space. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's such an unbelievably important reminder of, you know, what gets lost in only being willing to see, recognize, accept, cling to things that are similar and comforting and Mm -hmm. easily relatable, right? That like, we're not only are we not allowing other people to like have their full humanity, it's like denying ourselves the same thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and it's not to say like it's not to 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 make okay when there's harm that's happening you know like exactly. when yeah. when someone's doing something that you're not okay with or that has ramifications that like you don't want to be a part of or or whatever bring that too that's your difference and that's so when i say like relating to difference it doesn't mean like being okay with things that you're like not going to be okay with <laughs> and making yourself like get rid of that that feeling of no i don't no i don't want that no i don't want to exist or or relate or be in the presence of that no have that too so just wanted to make yeah, sure that was clear <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. The last thing that I would love to ask you is if you have any tips on how to avoid burnout when trying to make a difference. Mm. One of the most simplest things that is one of those things that's, <laughs> that's like, why don't I do that? Why don't I think about that? Um, is like asking yourself, what do you want? Like, what, what do I want? And getting in the practice of like asking yourself that because often those of us that want to make a difference, we are not in the practice of asking ourselves what we want. Um, <laughs> we're in the practice of asking other people what they want and trying to like give them that. But asking yourself what you want, what you need to, to take care of you, to live the life that you want to live and experience or just in, in like very like micro moments <laughs> um, when you're doing some, some work or you're about to <laughs> go grocery shopping or like you're like whatever it is, really asking yourself and being getting into getting into relationship with your desire and also um, getting into like cultivating your relationship with your feelings, with your body, with like the natural signals that you came into this world with that tell you something's up, pay attention. Mm -hmm. Like th those, those two things are like so important and often missed by those of us that like want to contribute because we're so focused on what's happening outside of us. We don't take time to get in touch with what's going on inside of us. And there is a huge risk of burnout with that because then we're not paying attention to our body trying to take care of itself. <laughs> um, the, the signs that like, Hey, you're getting fatigued or like, Hey, maybe take a break. <laughs> hey, maybe some water, <laughs> maybe like, maybe go get some food. Um, maybe you don't want to actually be around this person. Maybe like there's like, Hey, red flags. <laughs> um, like all of that, we miss it because we're so focused on, uh, tending to everything outside of us. So, yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I, I think that, that the very first thing that you said about, um, you know, the word for the year being trust, I hear that in this too, of like, not only giving yourself space to pay attention to what's coming up, like you said, within your body, within yourself, but trusting that, right? Like this is a red flag for something or some action yeah. needs to be taken based on this. And it's like trusting what you're feeling and not just overriding it. Yes. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that um, that's a really great place to start to wrap up. And the way that we end these episodes are with some community questions. I have seven this time around, um, chosen by our lovely Patreon community. All of the guests this month are answering these same seven questions. If you are down to do some random question answering. Yes, love it. What is your secret talent? Something unexpected that you're really, really good at? My secret talent. <sighs> huh. I think so. My, my first thought to that question was like that I sing. Um, <laughs> and, um, and it's something that's like not. Uh, it's something that I have been coming out with more <laughs> where like people I think people closest to me like have always known that like I, I sing but uh, definitely to people that have just been connected with me online or like aren't really that close with me like they wouldn't know that and it's something that I've also I, not, wouldn't, I've, I've never, I haven't necessarily hidden <laughs> but um, I just haven't been like really forthcoming with it so yeah love it yeah. what's one of the last things that really made you laugh oh um my i'm dog sitting right now and um it's my my first time ever like taking care of a dog <laughs> um and i have her i have her for a while i have her for a couple of months and she's so sweet she's like a five-year-old uh white husky and uh, she's just she's I, I just took her on a walk right before this, um, our time together. And she's just, she's so playful <laughs> and, um, and so sweet. And, um, yeah, that was probably one of the last things that I, I got a good laugh in about. <laughs> what helps you to stay optimistic when things feel hard? My faith and in myself it, and in, God and my ancestors in humanity <laughs> um, it, and also like in time, like that there will always be something different on the horizon, whether it's, yeah. it might not be better immediately. It might not like feel more comforting or, or whatever, but there's something different and there's always another choice I can make. There's always, possible change I think just knowing that every, like there's always possibility present definitely is supportive to me how do you define success for yourself right now hmm. am I getting what I want and am I showing up fully what's your favorite snack oh oh my goodness <laughs> I think my favorite snack. I I mean right now I <laughs> There's so many things running through my head right now. <laughs> and now I'm like starving. <laughs> um <laughs> well we're I, almost done so it's almost yeah. snack time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I really love a good like bag of kettle popcorn um kettle corn. It's my fave. I love popcorn. Yes. Um, the next question is about books, which two or three books, any type of book, any genre at all, would you say have either had the biggest impact on you or that you find yourself recommending or rereading most often? 
there are three and they're all spiritual. <laughs> um, the Alchemist was like mind blowing to me when I, I read it when I was like 16. The Shack. I can't remember the author's name. His name is William something. Um, I'll look it up. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's a movie made up about it. Oh God, that changed my life. Um, and then right now what's like blowing my mind is the, the, uh, it's a series of books, three books called conversations with God. Um, yeah. I loved those books. Oh my gosh. Like just, yeah. Blowing my mind, breaking my brain. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. If you could leave our community, the listeners with one call to action, what would it be? Maybe a question to ask themselves or a small action to take? Ooh. What are you not letting yourself feel right now? Um, and, and would you like to maybe let yourself feel it? It's okay if the answer is no. <laughs> But even just bringing some acknowledgement to like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm avoiding feeling this. Oh, that is a great question and journaling prompt. I will be taking that <laughs> into the rest of my week. Um, what's the best place for people to find you and say hi online? Do you have a particular favorite way to connect with new folks? Yeah. So um, I have, I have YouTube. If you look me up on there, um, love that. Uh, and then Instagram, like those are my two favorite ways to to show up and, and connect with people right now. Will you share what your Instagram is? Yes, my Instagram is uh, Andrea Renee J A N D R E A R A N A E. There's a lot of A's in there, and then J at the end. <laughs> um, and and that's also the same for for YouTube. If you look up my my handle. Okay. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes. Andrea, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been amazing. And that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening and for being part of the Real Talk Radio family. Speaking of the Real Talk Radio family, I want to give a huge shout out to Adam Day, my producer and sound engineer. Adam created the music for this show and he just makes everything work and flow and sound way better than I ever could. You can find him and his music and his sound editing work at adamday.net. And as I said way back at the top of the episode, this is a 100% listener-supported show. The show is made possible by awesome people like Megan. Hi, Megan. Hey, Nicole. So we're going to do a round of rapid-fire questions if you're ready. I'm ready. What's your recommendation for something to binge watch? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, right now, I am really loving The Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. I think I've watched every single episode at least twice. I have also watched every single episode probably at least twice <laughs> and could not agree more. The most soothing, most delightful show, particularly the earliest like five seasons. Definitely. So good. Uh, yeah, hard agree on that. What does the first <laughs> hour of your day usually look like? Um, usually, honestly, I wake up late because I love sleeping in. Um, but late for me is about maybe quarter to seven. Um, I rush really quick to get ready and then I have about a 40 minute commute. Um, so in the car, I like to listen to either a podcast like Real Talk Radio, um, or just 
uh, talk radio. And that's sort of what my first hour looks like. Yeah, I love that. It's always it's funny, because I know the situations in which I listen to podcasts, usually when I'm driving, or if I'm on a long walk, you know, something like that. And it always is really delightful for me to hear when other people listen to this show, if they're like, Oh, I went on a really long run or really long bike ride. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got to go running with you. (laughs) It's like such a weird, (laughs) tiny thing that I enjoy. So it's cool to know that I am joining you on your commute sometimes. Yep. <laughs> what do you feel like is some of the best or most useful advice you've received? Um, I think recently I've really been tapping in um, to advice that kind of centers around the idea that I am the one who knows my body best and mm. I am the one who knows what's right for me. And instead of looking to books and my parents and people around me um, for advice about what to do next, I should just be quiet and I will know. Mm, that is so well said. Yes. What's something new that you would love to try this year? Um, I really want to get better about um, cooking more nutritious food and trying new recipes instead of just getting things from the freezer section. Uh, So I'd like to try a lot of new recipes this year. Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun project too, particularly if like, because I like to try new recipes if I'm going to have someone over, right? Or have dinner with someone else. And maybe that's not the best time to do something really experimental if someone else is also going to have to eat it. But I like that excuse to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Last question. What's one thing that you wish people were more open and honest about that maybe you would even love to hear about on the show later this year? Um, I think one thing I'm being challenged by right now is figuring out what I want to do with my career. Um, so I would love hearing more, um, about people's career trajectories and kind of if they thought they would end up where they are now and what their path looked like. Um, I think that would be really reassuring (laughs) to me right now. Yeah, I have this, I mean, I think fantasy is not even the right word, but kind of brainstorm of doing some roundtable type episodes, right? Where let's say there's like Mm -hmm. three to six guests, right? And they each, you know, maybe we record separately, but it's kind of like a everyone's telling, like answering the same couple questions or telling the same story. And I think the point that you just brought up about like a career trajectory, kind of what did you think you were going to wind up doing? What are you doing now? And like a little bit about Mm -hmm. sort of bridging the gap between those two would be a really interesting collection of stories. Yeah, I would definitely listen to that for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, that there's a couple other topics that I think would work well for roundtable. So, all right, all right, I'll keep thinking about it. <laughs> I love that <laughs> idea. So, you're a member of our Patreon support squad, which means that you're one of the people that listeners can thank for making this podcast possible. Since you have made a small and powerful reoccurring per episode pledge that helps to fund the costs of producing the show and paying the guests and all of that, and I would love for you to share why you decided to support the show. Yeah, so I have been listening for, I think, since maybe season two or three. That's a long Um, time. Yeah, and when I graduated from college and had my first um, post-college job, I was making enough money um, that it felt important to be supporting all of the creative work that I take in all the time. And then um, your podcast was something that I listened to a lot, so I thought that that was a good way Um, to kind of pay it forward. Yeah, I love that. Do you want to share where you live and maybe a social media link if that's your thing, if people want to say hi? Sure. Um, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, And honestly, I don't have any public social media um, so I don't know that I have a link to share. Yeah, that's totally. I honestly, I love when that's people's answer because I'm always like, man, what would that be like? <laughs> what is that <laughs> alternative life? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. To everyone listening, if you love the podcast, if you want to help keep it going, if you want lots of bonus content, plus other fun opportunities and extras, just go to patreon.com slash Nicole Antoinette to make your pledge of $1 or more per episode. Your support is what allows the show to continue, and it'll be a lot of fun to get to know you better, to get to chat once you've joined our community. So until next time, here's a big virtual hug and a reminder that we're all just doing the best we can, and no matter what, we're in this together.